Hello, and welcome to 19 Hits the Dragon, the tabletop RPG discussion and interview podcast. I'm your host, the world's okayest dungeon master, Mike Daniel, uh, and I'm being joined today by a good friend, Justin. Uh, Justin, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. How about yourself? Yeah, doing just great. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah, I've been uh, watching some of your TikToks recently. I've been cracking up at them. So uh, I, I'd like you actually to, I guess, start by telling myself and uh, the, uh, the audience a little bit about uh, about yourself, who you are, and, and what brings you out. Uh, okay, cool. Um, well, first off, my name is Justin. You might go by forever DM underscore Justin on all of my socials. Um, I am a TikTok creator um, that focuses on... Um, DM tips. And I do a lot of humor skits just to kind of keep things, you know, relatively, um, you know, keep everything lighthearted. I like making people laugh. So um, it's kind of one of those things that I enjoy doing. Um, I also do streamings and I also do recaps like on Twitter of my of my groups, of my private groups, um, shenanigans that they're doing in our campaign. So <laughs> um, it's definitely a fun time. Excellent. Well, yeah, thanks for for coming on. Uh, it's been uh, been a blast uh, watching your your TikToks there. They're all all very funny, um, but offer some great advice as well. So I'm I'm excited to uh, to have you on the show today. Um, yeah, and I know you you go by the uh, the moniker, uh, you know, forever DM. I guess moniker is maybe not not the right term. The name, the, the screen yeah. name, uh, forever DM. Um, how uh, how long have you been uh, been the DM? So I've been a DM for uh, since 2019. I only I okay. only recently picked up the the hobby mm-hmm. um, in relative terms um, it, during a tour and I during my tour in Iraq um, when I started playing the game Dungeons and Dragons and then came back and then started running a game uh, starting running my group and the, running and developing my group and I've been playing ever since so. Awesome. Yeah. And as it uh, tends to happen with a lot of folks, once you sit down in that DM's chair, that's just, that's your life now, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's who you are. Um, it, also so. doesn't, it doesn't, it also doesn't hurt the fact that I'm one of those, those folks that enjoy spoilers. So mm-hmm. I'll intentionally go find a movie that I like, read everything that there could be about it, because it'll probably have already been released and just get everything that I need to know. So when I go watch it, I'm like, still awestruck and by what I'm seeing on the screen. Mm. And so I, the way I, I translate that into wanting to be the DM and knowing like, okay, this is how everything should play out. And then seeing my players reactions, I, I get the same joy. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, definitely uh, getting the, um, <laughs> the seeing, seeing your players like have like re- make the realizations of like the twist or that you put in front of them or, uh, you know, getting them getting really hyped up about something uh, at your table is one of the most satisfying things as a dungeon master, for sure. Um, I know I really like to personally like string my players along and then hit them with the big, big bam, big realization and kind of watch them uh, flip out those moments when like everyone is like on their feet screaming about what just happened at the table is always, always a fun time. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and we are here to, uh, to talk about, uh, just that, you know, your, your style of finding your style listener as a, as a game master, as a dungeon master, what have you. 
Um, so I, I know you've kind of talked about your take on some things uh, a little bit, Justin. So what um, what would you how would you define your style as a GM? Um, chaotic, and I, I <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I, chaotic, and I, in the sense that it's almost nearly a free for all when it comes to my to my table. My okay. players can ask me pretty much anything, and we'll tweak whatever needs to get tweaked on. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not just going to let just about everything. Um, there are some <laughs> things where I'm like, okay, well, let's kind of dial this thing back. I like your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I like the idea. Let's bring it back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, my players get what they want. And hell, I'll even th- I'll even throw stuff at them that they're not even anticipating. Like, um, funny story, I had my players going through... Uh, uh, the elemental plane of fire and in okay. the city of brass, um, they went to go visit a magic shop and turned out that the magic owner had flipped and was, jo- and uh, became got, what is it? Sorry. Um, words can be hard sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know um, that here on 19 hits the dragon for sure. Yeah. So, um, one of my players is is the daughter of the Sultan of the City of Brass and the Elemental Plane of Fire. So mm-hmm. um, the shopkeeper had essentially uh, joined forces with the group that was trying to overthrow them. And mm-hmm. so fighting occurred. The shopkeeper got thrown into jail and my players decided to ransack. And I'm like, hey, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm going to give you 10 scrolls. Mm. Whatever you guys want, go ahead and pick, and we'll see what you guys choose. <laughs> they did some one of one of my players who is also a DM, actually my DM that brought me into the game. Um, he actually started going through and picking up a series of spells, and then he left one. He left just one, and he's like, "This one is specifically for you to decide whether or not you wanted to go." And I think you can probably guess at what that spell may be. Hmm. Was it uh, wish? Because that's what I. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't want to break your game, but I want. But I want the wish spell. (laughs) I want the wish spell. I'm like, go ahead. You can have it too. And then one of the other players stumbled upon the deck of many things. So. Ooh, nice. Uh, So it it, it sounds like you are very much an enabler, which I appreciate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. No, I um I I I like that. I I uh. Personally, I really enjoy the chaos of like letting players be very involved in what happens at the table. Um, that's very much my my vibe as well. It's like, what do you want to make happen? Ask me how you you know ask tell me what you want to do, and I'll figure out how we can make that happen for you. Exactly. Um, I, I very much am one who likes the players to be or at least feel like they're in the driver's seat a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um you know i've got a story that i'm telling but ultimately that comes second to the the story that my players are are wanting to tell Uh, so i'm 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 very much an an enabler and i like to very much empower the, the players as well um very uh kind of anti-dm in a sense you know a lot of the like tropes about dungeon masters are like oh the dungeon master's out to kill you and uh you're you're it's playing against the players like no screw that like i don't i don't play that way no that's not fun for me you know i'll I'll present challenges to the players and make them 
rise to the occasion, um, so to speak. But I'm not one that's like, okay, we're, you know, everything is a Gygaxian dungeon and it, everything's out to kill you, right? Like that can yeah. be fun sometimes, but uh, I think when everything is that level of a threat, it takes away a lot of the fun of the game for me personally. Yeah, I, and I think it really just goes down to what you know your group to be like really mm-hmm. into. Um, and my players know that, know how chaotic that I can be and I allow them to be. And, you know, I don't have to run everything. I don't have to come up with everything. Mm-hmm. I sometimes go up to my, like, D, like straight up send a DM to one of my players and like, hey, what do you look as far as this is concerned? Because I want mm-hmm. to bring this up, but I want your input and I want to see where you want to go with this. And then me and that player will run that plot you know, back and forth. I'll take a lot of their input. In fact, mm-hmm. most of the times I do a plot line that involves their backstory. They do 90%, 90% of the work. Mm-hmm. And I do that other little bit to kind of add in, you know, the, what could other players inputs look like? So, right, right. but, but for the most part, the players are running those plot lines, whether they realize it or not. I'm just the one that's facilitating the other characters as they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and it's like I said, it's just a it's a it's a conversation with those players and me and that player will know about it. And if they decide to tell anybody else, cool. If they want to keep that a secret, they mm-hmm. keep that a secret, and then everybody else is like shocked when everything when things transpire <laughs> the way it does. For sure. Yeah, I'm also very much one to kind of inspire some chaos. So you know, I'll have players send me their their backstories and like their goals for their character and stuff like that. And I'm like. This is great. I love that. Absolutely want to empower this. Yeah. How about this little tweak here to this thing that's going to just throw a wrench into everything that's going on with the rest of the players? Right. Um, we have a game right now where we're playing. We're playing in in Eberron, um, and one of the the players, our, our druid, is like set to find out what the cause of the Mornland was because mm-hmm. it's throwing off the balance of of nature. Um, and that was, you know, her, her goal was to like, talk to, you know, people who were there on the day, figure out what happened. Um, and one of my other players who's playing our, our cleric, uh, decided that his story was that he was a soldier during the last or the, the last war. And, um, because of the events that happened during the last war, he decided to like, turn and convert to uh religion essentially Mm -hmm. um so as we're going through the the game i sent him a message at one point and i was like what if the thing that uh sent you know sent you literally running from the life of a soldier into the life of clergy was actually the day of mourning (laughs) so now we had this weird this dynamic of like oh he has this secret that he's running he ran away from being a uh, a soldier like literally deserted his uh, his his uh, companions his his fellow soldiers um on this like at, at this horrible event that had happened mm-hmm. and um he's keep you know keeping that secret and all the while knows that the druid is like trying to learn more about what had happened on that day and trying to talk to people so eventually like it came to light that he was there and the druid was just like what what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) well you've been there the whole time so yeah so that that uh story is there to illustrate that i you know i like to inspire some chaos at the table as well as 
not just like let chaos happen, but like say, hey, what about this other thing that can make make things really interesting, right? Exactly. Excellent. Um, I, I know for for me in a in a within that same campaign, um, my player had this very naive, not necessarily naive, but a youthful way of like looking at like your parents is like like putting them on that pedestal. Mm-hmm. And so when this is the same the same plot line of being in the elemental plane of fire, mm-hmm. a player had that thought of like, oh, my parents are so amazing. But then as they're going through and transversing through a different, uh, all the different uh, cities that, and areas within the Elemental Plane of Fire, she kind of realized, oh, my parents did some bad things. Mm. They're not necessarily the best. <laughs> Mom may actually be behind a lot of shenanigans, and I don't really want to mess with her. So and it, it's, it was, like, uh, like you had mentioned, just like... Uh, just throwing in that little bit of extra chaos to kind of mm-hmm. throw everything off. It's just, it's <laughs> time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that leads to a, another like uh, very solid pillar in my style of DMing, which is um, almost nothing is the way that it seems at first glance. Yeah. Right. I, I use a lot of tropes and I kind of, uh, use a lot of ideas that the players will think that they understand what's going to happen. They're like, oh, well, this thing is clearly a, a mind flayer, so it's going to be a, a, a bad, evil thing. Well, actually, no, it turns out that this uh, this mind flayer is maybe one of the only good mind flayers that's out there. You don't know. I've yeah. talked about it in another episode. I literally made a baby in the Moorland a, a mind flayer baby. And the the cleric that I just talked about a minute ago, he was like, I'm about to flame strike his, his baby <laughs> that this woman is holding y'all. Um, but it turned out there was a way to like revert it back to being a human, uh, human baby. Um, we'll see, you know, what actually happened to that child as it's time as a mind player. But um, right. Yeah. Basically like nothing's, nothing's ever what it seems. Um, I also really like to lean into that kind of, like horror is in the mind of the players, right? If I'm going to yeah. scare my players, I'm going to like terrify them uh, like mentally and emotionally first. I'm not necessarily going to put them through a meat grinder, so to speak. That's not really right. my style. I'm going to make them afraid of going into the thing. And then their side is to find the, like the character courage uh, within themselves to uh, to to go into the dangerous place that I've built up in their minds as being being awful. Yeah, so. um, I, I know for me, um, one of my first campaigns was the Curse of Strahd. So Ooh, nice. Okay, it was a I got blessed Dragna Carta and the whole sub uh, you know Curse of Strahd subreddit because they helped me out and inspired mm. a lot of the stuff that my players had gone through. Um, because nice. they had gone through monsters that you, you're not going to necessarily find that you're not going to find within the module itself. I actually had to go to like, okay. their, like the DMs guild mm-hmm. to find all these other different monsters because just to drive that in, there's like, you don't, you know, there are bigger things and what there are bigger things that are out there that you may not necessarily be aware of. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, it's curse of Strahd, you know, as, as a player, you're like, Oh, it's not that bad. You know, fight a couple of, uh, you know, monsters here and there's not, you know, right. We're going to go that, fight incel Dracula. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. You know, and, and that's all, <laughs> that's all fun and dandy until like I slap this, you know, monstrous, almost, you know, um, 
vampiric dragon-like creature in your face and Mm. oh by the way um (laughs) it just slapped the heck out of you and you've lost about 50 health points um (laughs) do what you want i'm not holding back um i love you guys but uh yeah here we just just choose make your decisions wisely yeah for sure I, you make another good point there as well of like not holding back. I, I I think I give my players kind of a grace period, you know, somewhere up until about like fifth to eighth level, I'm still wearing boxing gloves, right? Like I've got yeah. the gloves on, we're going to hit, but it's not going to hit as hard, right? right? Right around like eighth level or so those gloves come off. Like I'm not pulling any punches anymore after that point. Y'all are strong. You're capable. You know who your characters are and what they can do at this point. I am going to lay into you as long as the <laughs> dice allow me to basically. That's totally so. understandable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I still hold back punches. Like e- even mm. now, like I've gone, th- this is my third campaign that I'm running mm-hmm. right now. Um, but I still hold back punches. It's one of those that I don't like to see. I like to make sure my players are having fun. And I know that they are. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that if something were to come out, they would, you know, tell me it's like, Hey, can we take a time out? Can we talk, you know, stuff like that. Right. But right. you know, I still like, even when I'm doing those boss fights, like I'm, I still feel the need to kind of coddle them in some mm-hmm. ways. But then other times when they like hit me with something, I was like, okay, we're, we're, we're getting, you know, this is, this is going to happen now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you guys, you guys, you guys are pushing <laughs> yeah. the button and we're going. All, all it takes. Uh, so, from an old DM to a relatively new one, what it really takes to get over that hump is for players to just do like a boatload of damage in one turn to your monster. You're like, oh, actually, this dragon had 200 more hit points than what I thought it did. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, I see. We're not, y'all aren't playing anymore. I'm not going to play anymore. <laughs> so. I, I think one of the fun things too is that, you know, what, another thing to kind of like help me like, take off those gloves a little bit more is when like they try and do a high level spell and I have a spell caster that they're going up against. Oh yeah. Like, like, that counter, counter spell. spell, that. counter, yeah. spell <laughs> counter spell, counter spell, counter spell. Oh, yeah. you're healing yeah. somebody counter spell. Yeah. Ooh, counter spell in their healing spells, man. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty vicious. That, that is sure. vicious. I, I, I say that as a joke. I've never yeah. actually done it. I've seen the memes of it. I've seen the videos yeah, yeah, yeah. on like YouTube. But it, Counterspelling their revivify. Who's, that, who's ever done that? I mean, <laughs> you do you. If your group's like that, I can't. I'm yeah, going sure. to counterspell everything else. I'm going to leave yeah. that behind. For sure. Um, yeah, no, I think these are all a lot of really great, uh, examples of like you kind of getting into your own, own style, uh, so to speak. I'm curious, you know, you've, you've been GMing for a couple of years now. It sounds like maybe about three or three or so years. Um, tell me a little bit about your process for finding, or at least maybe even just figuring out what your style was. Um, any, any, um, any tips to our, our listeners about how they can start t- kind of taking those steps for themselves? I think it's just going to take a lot of reading, a lot of listening, watching YouTube videos. Because unless you are like one of the, in, in my head, one of those rare cases where you can immediately like, you are just a natural storyteller and you're throwing stuff out there and you're mm-hmm. weaving your tail in and out. You may need a little bit of time to find out what yours is. You yeah. know, are you into that high fantasy? Let's give your players and, you know, all, you know, Lord of the Rings style of, fantasy or are you you know more of the medium kind of you know medium level of magic you know it it takes time and um it takes a lot of time not necessarily a lot of time it just takes 
time to be able to experiment, to be mm-hmm. able to see what you're cool with, see what you're not cool with, um, and see what ultimately your players also are cool with playing in as well. I have mm-hmm. uh, the Grim Hollow um, series of books, you know, their campaign, mm-hmm. Player's Guide, and uh, soon to be their Monster Grimorum. And I take elements from that book, but as much as I would love to run a campaign in that setting, Grimdark just isn't my shtick. There's mm-hmm. just, it's yeah. very bleak and I'm not, I can't, I as a person can't handle that. <laughs> I, I have to have some, a lot of hope and I have yeah, to, no, you know, I, I want to make the players feel like the heroes <laughs> that they are instead of just constantly being beaten down. Even Curse yeah, of Strahd. Right. They, like, the world is shitty enough. Like, let's let's have some fun. Here. Yeah, exactly. And if, if for GMs out there that uh, GMs and tables that run that, I mean, good on you. Like, uh, what is it? The Split Party Podcast. I like listening to it. God bless them all. Um, personally, as much as I love Grim Hollow, I can't. I don't think I can personally play in it for too long. I can maybe mm-hmm. do like a one shot or a relatively short campaign. Right. But anything like what I'm doing right now with my style of, you know, uh, running campaigns. I don't think I can do it for that long. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I think that would be exhausting to be completely honest, to have to do or to, uh, to try and do a, a campaign in, in a grimdark setting like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I want to kind of pick apart a few of the things that you, you said there, as far as some, some advice, it's, it sounds like, you know, going to sources for inspiration, mm-hmm. uh, listening to other, other, DMs and GMs talk about their gaming style is kind of what has led you to a bit of yours. Yeah. Um, I guess any um, any any favorites that you have run into, or that you would want you you would advise people to uh, to look into. Um, there's no one specific person, you know. I know okay. other people can throw in like Matthew Mercer, Brendan Lee Mulligan, mm-hmm. you know, and Bria uh, Bria Arangar. Mm-hmm. They're all phenomenal DMs, but they're they're their own DM. Mm-hmm. They have amazing styles, and I think people should definitely run to those people as well as anybody else, and you know, take those different styles, bits and pieces that you like, and mm-hmm. bring those into your style and incorporate them. Um, until what is it, Exandria Unlimited? I never really watched Critical Role myself. Okay, so. Um, when I did, and I started watching Abrea Arangar play, you know, like run that that small little adventure, I started I I started grasping at like some of the things she was doing, and then I watched mm-hmm. started watching Campaign Three of Critical Role, so I pulled stuff from them, uh, from Matthew Mercer, and so like um, in with Realmsmith too, I'll pull stuff from uh, Jason Acevedo. So there's okay. all these different GMs that are out there. It's you know find like list watch them all listen to them all <laughs> see yeah. what you can find that you adore about that person and maybe pull it in or hey i could probably i do that already they mm-hmm. took it to another level so let me see if i can get maybe maybe or not exceed that uh that level that they're at excellent yeah i think there's definitely something to be said about like pilfer from everybody basically you know yeah. find all of the resources that are out there find what you like I think, uh, you know, trying a little bit of everything as well is super important. Um, As someone who's been GMing for mm, 10 or so years, something about somewhere around there. um, I, it's been a long, 
process of finding my own style as well. And it comes from trying different things, you know, yeah. like, like you said, you know, looking at these people and seeing what they do, how they run the game and go, Oh, that's interesting. How do I try to do that myself? Even yeah. if it doesn't work, you know, you at least tried something different, right. And fi yeah. maybe find something that does work for you really well. You're like, Oh yeah. Hey, this is, this is my, my jam. Maybe you try and run something that is in that grim dark and you're like, Oh, Hey, yeah. Like there's something about this that I really click with. Um, that I want to keep want to keep pursuing. So let me let me lean into that. Um, or on the other side, like you and I have said, you know, maybe you dip your toes into that grim darkness and like, oh, it's just a little bit too bleak for me and for my players. Like we tried it, we we you know it worked out for as well as it could have. Let's move on to something else, something that's going to be better suited to to us. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of learning that can be done in like having bad experiences for lack yeah. of a better term, right? Like you learn by, by failing or by things not going as well, but at least you tried and now you know what, what you don't like. Um, and of course, you know, be, be safe about that. You don't want to go full force into something that you know is going to be triggering for yourself or for people at your table, right? You want to be safe yeah. for everybody. Um, but at the same time, you want to try and expand your own boundaries as a GM as well and try some, some different things. Um, yeah, it's it's always going to be a conversation, you know, when adopting something new into your style. Yeah, um, I also think that your style grows with you. Like mm -hmm. you're not mm -hmm. always set in your style. Absolutely. Like you, you grow into it. Uh, you grow. Sorry, not necessarily grow into it, but you grow along with your style. Just like uh, as a human being, you're not the same person you were ten years ago. Your right. DM style ten years ago is not the same <laughs> now. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, I think it's. Um, I think it's just like you, like you had mentioned, like picking and choosing, you know, seeing what you can all, what you can work with. Um, and then just having that conversation, like, Hey, I want to try this, mm -hmm. you know, I want to mm -hmm. try adding a little bit more of this. Could we do this? I think one of the things that trips me out when I play under other DMS is like some of their styles, as far as, you know, what they're, what they allow for you know, taking on new feats, what you need to do to get some of those feats, mm -hmm. um, what you, you know, hey, I don't allow this, I don't allow that. I do allow this, but we're going to have a conversation because mm -hmm. I'm very much, you want it, go for it. Let's yeah, do what you sure. do. Um, but, you know, it's just learning and figuring out and understanding where they're coming from in that. Mm -hmm. um, and also, just like you said, sometimes it's, you fail and like, okay, cool. Well, I chalk that up as lost, not going to do that again. Right. Um, we tried it, failed. Yeah, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think uh, there's <laughs> you presented some really great, uh, a really great dichotomy there. There are a lot of GMs out there that are going to be very limiting in what they allow into their games, and like sometimes that's that's okay, especially if it's running for a specific game. I know sometimes like saying, oh, like you know, the lucky feed and. XYZ spells aren't allowed and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit too limiting. But like, you know, if you have a reason for doing it, then that's potentially okay. Um, I, I think some GMs just don't like Lucky because they don't want their players to be overpowered. And I'm like, no, I want all of my players to be munchkins. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, <laughs> give them all of the magic weapons. Give them all the powerful abilities and stuff. And then, you know what I'm going to do then? I'm going to throw some really powerful enemies at them to make yeah. it tough. <laughs> exactly. I like having really strong enemies. So I, I'm going to boost my players up. 
the more the 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 more you know overpowered that your players get, I mean, the more overpowered creatures you can throw at them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not limiting at least in my head. I'm not limiting myself to to anything necessarily. The more mm-hmm. I get, the, like you had said, more we give them, the more fun stuff we can throw at them. Oh, Absolutely. cool. You guys have, you know, A, B, C, and D for magic items. Cool. Well, I'm about to bring like five Tarasks, uh, you know, all these <laughs> different, you know, yeah. things. Diamond's going to rise out. Good mm-hmm. luck, buddy. And we're going to have a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I am very much in the school of uh, overpower players, means I get to do a lot of cool things as a GM. So. Um, but again, that's not, not always right for everybody, right? Sometimes yeah. maybe you need to like try some things like that and boost your players up and maybe it's just not right for the right table and they kind of break the game in ways that <laughs> weren't intended by you by giving them overpowered things. Uh, yeah. And then you're kind of on your, you, you know, feel like you're on your toes as a GM. I've, I've definitely uh, run into situations like that as well, where it's like, you know, I'm I'm trying to guide this story in such in such and such a way, and then the players do something that takes it completely off the rails, and it's kind of my own fault because I gave them all the tools to do that, um, yeah. and now I'm sitting there with the consequences of my own actions, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess this is the game that we're playing now, so let's let's go. <laughs> exactly, um, because incidentally, um, with that wish spell I had referred to earlier, bringing mm-hmm. it around full circle. So a little bit of backstory, my, my, my group is playing the, uh, the tyranny of dragons modules. So Mm -hmm. they had, before they went to the elemental plane of fire, they essentially had finished, um, the, uh, what is it? The horde of the dragon queen portion of it. Mm -hmm. So when they came back, the first half of the the campaign basically. Yeah. So when they came back and they were, I think level 12 or 13, Mm-hmm. Um, they met a new player. She came in, um, and one of the other players pulled out the wish scroll and he was like, Hey, I have a certain number of words, I, uh, letters and words. I need you to say in the appropriate order before <laughs> one of the other players grabbed it, like, screw it. I'm going to say it. And that's when they wished for all the dragon mass to be brought to them, essentially Ooh, causing snap. me to throw out rise of Tiamat <laughs> out the window. And I was yeah, like, like, oh, hey, th- well, there goes the rest of this campaign that as it was written. Um... Yeah. <laughs> like you said, though, no, the consequences of my actions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's funny. I think a lot of uh, a lot of the times we we say that in regards to the players, the players are like reaping the consequences of their own actions. But happens a lot for DMs as well. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you just you give your players the thing and you're like, well, all right, I guess this is what happened. Um, happened to me in uh, my my game that I'm a player in, where I I found the deck of many things. I know you were just talking about that for your your party as well, and uh, yeah. So instead of like completely crashing the campaign, I drew a card, and the first card that I drew was Don John, and boop, I went bye bye. <laughs> like, <Wow. laughs> oh, no. like oh, I, well, I guess I guess I'm playing a new character now. So. Oh. My poor GM is like, all right, well, I guess this session uh, took a turn, didn't it? So <laughs> what are we going to do now? I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to start rolling some dice and figuring out uh, what stats are. Yeah. Um, I have to give it to my players. They're they're efficient gamers mm-hmm. um, in that. So they've only drawn three cards. The knight, okay. 
the gem and I can't remember the third one, but it was two good cards and the 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 night card. Okay. Um and they haven't pulled a card since. Mm. They are like, okay, so we had two good and one bad, so it could be we're due for one at some point. Yeah. And, you know, just like the last thing that they want to pull is the John John card because yeah. I think there are oh, a lot yeah. of them are John very is awful. They're I, very I had, dusted. Uh, yeah. I had when I was a GM one time, I gave my players a deck of many things as well. Then the uh, one of the players drew the void, which is similar to Don John, but instead of taking that body away, it, it takes the soul away and leaves the body. Right. Um, so they were then tasked with like, okay, well, our players or our, our friend's soul is missing. So we're going to put the main story on hold for a little bit and go and try and re- rescue their soul. Yeah. Uh, and like keeping their body on ice, essentially, like they had a, an airship because we were running um, the uh, uh, Storm King's Thunder. And there's a portion in that where you're like, they have access to an airship. Great. So now they can go around and go wherever they need to. So they, uh, yeah, they 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 put the ranger's body in storage, basically in the airship. <laughs> like, all right, we got to go and figure out where this uh, this person's soul is now. So, and yeah, that just like it completely derailed the campaign, but in a really fun way. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have known that I enjoy things like that if I hadn't given my, given my players the deck of many things. Yeah. Like here. Have some fun. Let's let's inspire some chaos here. Let's see where this goes. So yeah, and I think yeah. I, I think that the wish spell and the deck of many things do get a do get a little bit of a bad rap just because mm-hmm. like you can spin the wish spell in so many different directions if you don't word it properly. Oh yeah, um, I I had a character like that screw screw up like that. So uh, yeah, I'm very well aware of that. But you know. <laughs> You, you don't realize the opportunities that come up if you don't at least give those a shot. Um, just like I now have, I don't, I have Rise of T, uh, Tiamat as like a <laughs> reference. Right. But at this point, it's like, that's it. That's all it is. Just a reference. <laughs> so let's, how do we get to, how do we get to the end goal of this entire thing? <laughs> well, we have Barovia that is in my in my world across the what is it across the strait of uh, from the Sword Coast. Okay. Um, you know, let's start moving things over there. So now we have the element of the dark powers. So mm. I don't I don't even need Rise of Tiamat at this point. They just kind of mm. gave me an excuse to like chuck it out the window because <laughs> why not? For sure. Uh, Which is so. really, in my opinion, the best use for the yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the campaign books. It's just like, okay, I'm going to use it as a reference, but nah. Um, exactly. So. Which, uh, again, is something that I, I learned by by doing, right? Like, I've run, mm-hmm. I, I've run like, maybe three. Uh, I talked about this a couple weeks back. Um, I, I run, like, three of the um, the published campaigns, and each time I find myself, like, changing things editing things as mm-hmm. we're going through the adventure because the adventure as written tries to usually try to like railroad you a little bit at least like somewhat there are a few of them that are a little bit more flexible than others but um a lot of them it's like oh well you go to this place and you go through this and then once you find this thing you go to this other place and then you continue the story from there and that like players aren't gonna 
follow those rules no, <laughs> basically no. so why why even bother yeah. <laughs> um, you use the uh the the books as like a uh, a source uh, of information and resources but don't try and follow the story um yeah for me anyway i don't know some some people can run the books and the uh, i'm sure and have a great time but yeah it's not uh not something i'm as interested in anymore so so what i always tell people when it comes to like running the modules is just to look at them like a skeleton right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they are your foundation they are what keep the body up the organs the skin that's like your character's backstories that's like the world lore that goes into it all that's important. All that should blend in together to make this functioning campaign. Um, you don't have to stick with the module itself um, because I had that issue going from Curse of Strahd into Descend into Avernus mm-hmm. um, into, you know, just, you know, a tyranny, a tyranny of Dragons. Yeah. I slowly stopped seeing it as like, I need to run verbatim like this with like mm-hmm. little bits of homebrew here and there mm-hmm. to like, here's a skeleton. What's your backstory? I'm going to fill this in and mm-hmm. then we're just going to go at it and have a blast. And when you guys yeah. make decisions that deviate you from the main plot line, cool. I mean, we're going to have fun with it, but mm-hmm. then you're going to suffer the consequences of those actions because <laughs> you've allowed the main story to continue on mm-hmm. because this is mm-hmm. a real living world that we're playing in right. and they're going to do what they're, they're going to do. And it may or may not, it's going to definitely affect you guys in ways <laughs> yeah, that you're somehow, not really, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a pl- I had a player come to uh, uh, come to the realization that his encounter with uh, the Red Wizard Joss um, was a, brought uh, he so um, he was captured. He had a conversation with Joss, who was at the uh, castle Niratar, um, and Joss had brought up that he knew who that character's parents were. And so I'm like, okay, cool. You know, Joss left, the player got rescued. They've been on their adventure since. And mm-hmm. now that um, they all have the dragon masks, I had the cult attack with the red wizards. Joss made his appearance back. And he basically told um, that character like, hey, I already kidnapped your parents. They're mm-hmm. somewhere. You're going to have to find them. Can't guarantee their safety. Kill me if you want. But that's, you know... <laughs> Yeah, if you kill me, then then they're really gone. <laughs> yeah, then you have so. no chance. Um, Good luck with you, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, or you could just hand over all the dragon masks right now, and I'll take them from you, and you'll get your parents back. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of room for interpretation yeah. as to what can, that means. Yeah, but you, you're going to get your parents back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. No, I, uh, you've touched on something that is very key to uh, myself and my own style as well, which is, uh, you know, the uh, the consequences of your actions, but also like uh, just emotional damage <laughs> done to the players or to yes. their characters. Right. Like <laughs> I'm going to beat you up emotionally uh, in many ways, mostly because of the choices that you have made along the way. Yeah, um, I uh, I had my first um the first adventure that took place in our Eberron game uh sent the players off on this quest to like i think i actually just maybe talked about this a couple of weeks back so sorry listeners if i'm repeating myself anyway the um the players went off after these uh, uh these bugbears that were kind of causing problems right. uh into a nearby village 
Um, so they go when they they figure out the source of what's wrong and like, oh, there are these dragon shards in the mountain in the cave where these bugbears are at, and it's kind of making them go wild. Um, so they rescue the bugbears, but then they decided to tell people about all of the dragon shards that were there, at which point the very powerful and very wealthy yeah. uh, dragon mark houses who need dragon shards to do stuff were like, oh yeah, we're going to buy up this mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and the players were like, oh cool, yeah. Um, absolutely, like, buy, you know, we've got the, um, um, what's what's it called? Like the, they did all of the, uh, the land, not landscaping, what's the word the that I'm looking for? Excavating? Uh, not excavating, but like surveying, surveying. They ah, surveyed the area, know where it's at, gave them, you know, they have all the information. And the school that they are working for was like, okay, we'll sell this off and give you guys a portion of, you know, whatever. Um, so they're like, oh yeah, let's let's hope that it goes to the highest bidder. Absolutely, yeah. Let's this this person has the most money that they clearly displayed their wealth to all of us. We want them to to get the thing. I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. They're the ones that end up, you know, uh, paying the most for this, and you guys get a huge bonus off of that for your role in in finding that. Congratulations. Yeah. You know, <laughs> later on down the road, they realize that. The person who is in charge of that faction of the, the Dragon Mark House uh, is actually super evil and is using these dragon shards now for nefarious means. Um, additionally, the to kind of bring up the Druid again, um, they realized that this like mountain that where these uh, shards were was getting excavated. So all of the uh, the natural land like resources there were, and and animals and creatures and everything that lived on there have now been sent uh, elsewhere while their home is getting torn up. So it's like we wanted this thing and we got good money from it. Yes, awesome. Oh wait, oh no, this is actually really bad, guys. We messed up. <laughs> oh no, we fucked up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and they're kind of just at the point where they're realizing the uh, consequences of their own actions now. So it's it's always really fun to reveal those 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 things <laughs> that had uh, you know that you thought they were just unimportant details that happened earlier in the story. And oh wait, we, we <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and you time. know, it, it as a player, you you kind of forget like the world is the world that you're playing in is a living, breathing world. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what you do here and you leave behind is still being affected. It's still stuff is still going on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not your focus. So when you know, couple months down the line in the game, you're like. I completely forgot about this. I'm like, oh, it didn't forget about you. Trust me, <laughs> yeah. it did not forget about you. You may and have then, forgotten, but I did not. <laughs> I um, took notes on this. I may yes. have asked Twitter for input <laughs> just to see how bad I was going to, I was going to, I was, uh, you know, it was going to be. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, pro, pro DM tip uh, take, take as many notes as you can about your own stuff and about the choices that the players make. <laughs> Um, and then use that against them. Exactly. Um, um, because you, you never know when, like, just just like we had mentioned, like their mm -hmm. attention goes from goes from A and goes to B. Mm -hmm. well, a is, mm -hmm. like I said, continuing to develop, and then eventually B is going to finish, so they're going to turn their attention back to A. What does that look like, however, like however much time that's passed? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so keep, keep the world 
the wheels of the world spinning even if the players aren't in that spot anymore. Um, great, great bit of advice there for sure. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, any any other um, bits about your style as a DM that you would want to talk about that we feel you feel like we may not have uh, have covered yet. Um. I think for for me, because I think because we covered up a good bit of it, is just I'm always going to talk to my players. I'm always mm-hmm. going to I'm always insistent on never being the one that is giving you know that is coming up with all these story plots because I'm only one person. I'm only mm-hmm. do and I have like so many other different things that I'm doing. Never be afraid to hit your players up. I sure as hell don't. I make sure to hit up you know, what, what player A wants to do, what player B wants to do, what they can do. Um, mm-hmm. and just like what I can to ensure like the game is because is as adventurous as they want it to be. And mm-hmm. as fun as like we can make it out to be. Yeah, absolutely. A, a, a great bit of advice. There is something that I want to pull out of that to touch on for myself as well is you know, getting feedback from the players too, not just saying like, Hey, you know, what do you want to do with your characters or how do you want to, you know, uh, evolve this story that, that you're on. Um, but once you do start taking some steps and, or if you're trying things out and changing things up a little bit with your own style, like check in with your party, see how things work, how they liked it. Cause you know, just because you like how something worked doesn't mean necessarily that the players are going to, uh, be a hundred percent on board with that either. Right. So like you said, you want to make sure that everybody's having a good time at the, at the table, continuing their stories is certainly one way to, uh, to do that, but also just checking in with them occasionally to say, you know, Hey, how are these things working that I'm, I'm trying out mm-hmm. or being upfront with them when you're like, Hey, I want to try out a new thing. I'm not sure how it's going to work. So let me know if you like this or not. Right. Yeah. Um, and sometimes uh, that can lead to really, really great things happening at your table. I mean, our our players, my, my players in the Seberon game, they have like extra stats that we now only use in our downtime sessions um, because of something that we did in a game. And, you know, we tried it out and it was like, OK, is this going to work? And it, it worked really well. Um, and now we just incorporate that every time we're having downtime with the party. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, the other way around where you try something out. I tried to run a skill challenge with my players and it worked well in, in the session. But I was talking with um, with my spouse, Hannah, afterwards, who's also our, our show's editor. Um, and uh, yeah, and they were like, oh, you know, I, 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 I kind of like the idea of it, but it felt a little bit more mechanical and less narrative than what we usually do. We're like, OK, yeah, that's totally, totally valid. We tried that out. You know, it didn't maybe didn't quite work the way we had intended. So if we want to try and do something like that again, let's you know find a different way to to approach it to make it a little bit more focused on the narrative of that event and less on the uh, mechanic side of things and, and dice rolling. So absolutely, talk to your players. That's my my advice there for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> always talk to your players. Yeah, and get get feedback, see what they like, what they don't like, and then do more of the things that they like. You know, because we're all here to have a good time together, right? I'm not going to just keep doing things if it's not fun for everybody. Yeah, there's always going to be a compromise. I mean, it, 
you may have this one story in your mind and mm-hmm. once you kind of like explain things out to your players well they may have additional stuff they want to throw in so it's like hey it's really not our style okay cool well then let's figure out mm-hmm. a way that maybe we can all be happy about because there's there's always room for it um there, there's always room for compromise and being able to find that story that you guys want to tell together absolutely Awesome. Well, yeah, uh, Justin. Again, thanks for for coming on the show here. I guess any uh, any parting words of, of wisdom uh, for our listeners here? Um, I would say that trust your gut, trust your players, talk with your players, and um, big thing that uh, that is always told to me in the army is communication is key. So, awesome. Um, yeah. So again, thank you so much for, for coming on. I definitely want to give you a chance to let our listeners know how to find out about you and everything you do. So I'll shut up for a minute and, uh, yeah, where, where can we find out about you? Well, thank you again for, for having me on. It was definitely a pleasure and I am eternally grateful to be able to have this conversation. Um, for everybody out there, you guys can find me at, uh, the, the number four ever DM underscore Justin on Twitter and on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram, but most of my stuff is on Twitter and uh, and TikTok. And then you can find me streaming on the Bards and Brews channel on Twitch um, every mo- uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays. So come out, check, uh, come and check us out, um, and see the games that we're playing. We're playing uh, Blades in the Dark, and I'm playing a Owlin uh, cleric uh, by the name of Katsu Legatu. So interesting nice. character and an interesting time working with uh with various different creators within our community so uh come join us it's blessed awesome well uh yeah again justin thanks so much for for coming on here it's been uh, been a blast chatting with you today um and yeah looking forward to seeing more of your your tiktoks in the near future and definitely gonna have to check out your uh your games as well on catch your streams Um, for all of our listeners, please go and, and uh, follow uh, Justin. The links will also be down in the show notes, so check them out there. Um, and uh, yeah, again, uh, give give Justin a, a shout out on on uh, Twitter if you're finding any of this information useful. Uh, same thing for for us here. If you like what you're hearing um, and finding any anything useful here, please give uh, you know ratings, reviews, leave comments, whatever you can wherever you get your podcast. You can reach out to me on Twitter at 19 hits the dragon. Um, feel free to send me an email if you like, if that's your thing, 19 hits the dragon at gmail.com. Um, but the best thing you can do to help out the show is always to go out and tell 19 of your closest friends. Thanks so much again to our guest, Justin, today. Thank you, our listeners, for hanging out with us. Everybody, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you all next time when 19 hits the dragon. Bye bye. Bye.